This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The following program is rated for mature audiences and may contain adult language, adult situations, and frank safety discussions. The names and certain details have been changed to protect the safe and the unsafe. But believe me, every item in here is true. This seems to be one of the ongoing issues in the podcast, my career, everyone's career. And what that is, is when do we get HR involved, human resources involved, today on Safety Wars? We battle this issue all the time. Hey, I want to go and I want to be someone's friend. I want to coach them. I want to be an effective manager in the field, whether I'm an outside consultant or I'm actually working for a company. I'm usually an outside consultant. And this is a really important thing. At what point do I get HR involved? This has to be planned out and in writing way ahead of time. How am I supposed to manage people? One of the things in my employment contracts, or if I'm working as a consultant in my regular company contract, is do I have the authority to hire, fire, or discipline anyone? Normally, a safety professional does not have that authority to hire, fire, or discipline someone. That's in the HR department. So one of your questions up front has got to be, how do I handle non-compliance? How do I handle situations with employees? How do I do all this stuff? Often, you need to get HR involved when you're getting rid of someone. You have to have all your check marks. Otherwise, you're going to ha- get whacked with a wrongful t- firing lawsuit. Never happened to me because I follow a certain set of rules and I let the client or my manager fire them versus, hey, safety guy, you can just throw anybody off. That's something that you really don't want to do for a couple of reasons. One, they're dumping their job onto you. It's not your job to fire anyone usually. And if it is your job to fire someone, make sure you get it in writing. If it's your job to discipline people, make sure you get it in writing every time. Human resources, is they're not safety people. They may not understand safety. They may not understand, for example, the importance of wearing fall protection on a project, especially in the construction industry. It's one of the leading causes of fatalities and catastrophic incidents. So you have a guy or a person out there, hey, they're not wearing fall protection repeatedly. So you say, hey, look, I got to send you home. Make sure you get human resources involved. Make sure you get direction from human resources. Make sure you get pictures, if you're allowed to take pictures of that violation, things of that nature. You'll go well, things will go well for you at that point, at least better than usual. The other thing is this, often companies will hire you because human resources is looking to build a file on someone. Human resources can't confront someone. A manager can't confront someone, can't manage their own people, anything like that. So you gotta be aware of those types of situations. What's my thing is get everything in writing, how they want you to handle these things. I am not one who is quick to fire people, quick to throw people off the projects, things of that nature. So recently we had an issue with fall protection. Person was not using it. And I said to uh, the person, I called them over, I had it all on video and I said, look, what's the deal? Well, it was only for a second or this and that. I said, why don't you do X, Y, and Z? Well, I know that's having X, Y, and Z is the proper way of doing it, but my foreman did not supply me with any of that equipment like they were supposed to. So now, because the guy was non-confrontational, 
I was non-confrontational. We got the foreman involved. And I said, look, under any other circumstances, your guy here would be thrown off site. However, he didn't have the right equipment. The company did not supply the right equipment for him to work safely. The job wasn't set up, and you were, as foreman, were in charge of setting up that job, and also you're the designated competent person. So this is what I need you to do. How do you think, and then you incorporate, hey, well, how do you think we should do this safely with everything, with fall protection and everything else? Well, we got to do this, this, and this. And I said, well, what's stopping you from doing this, this, and this? Well, what's stopping me is we're in a hurry this morning. We're under a deadline. We're under a tight deadline to get this job done. I said, well, can you take 15 minutes out, which will be basically what it will take to get the right equipment set up and everything. Can you take 15 minutes out and do this in a safer way? Set up the job? He said, you know what? Uh, that's a better way of doing it. So, what's the moral of the story? We all went on. We learned to manage people. We didn't jump down people's throats. We tried to figure out why they were working in that manner. Then we ended up getting the right equipment, the appropriate equipment, taking 15 minutes out, to do the job correctly versus, hey, we're going to throw somebody off. Because this is what happens. You throw somebody off, now you've built animosity between you, the safety professional, and the workforce. Chances are, management isn't going to back you up on that. I'm fortunate enough I have people who back me up. But let's face it, the average safety person isn't going to have anything going on uh, as far as support. Second thing is, is that you have to have uh, and realize when you get rid of someone, now they have to bring someone on. Even if it's a union job, they're getting people off the quote-unquote bench, right? Or for only a couple of days out of the union hall. Again, you have to run this person through an orientation program. If they never work with the company, there's a corporate culture they have to get acclimated to. Uh, all the things that go into hiring a new employee. And what ends up happening is you're going to lose time on that end. You do that enough times with critical enough people at critical times, critical points in the schedule, things of that nature, you're going to end up blowing budgets. And who's going to get the blame? It's not going to be the project manager unless you're dealing with a very mature company. It's going to be the safety person. Always gets the blame. And that's basically what it comes down to. So in summary, right, we've gone a while here. Number one, get everything in writing. How am I supposed to manage these situations? Uh, and that's number one. Number two, don't be so quick to fire someone, to throw someone off the job, jump down someone's throat. Try to ask the questions, why are we doing this? You may not get an answer that you like, but you'll get an answer. You don't want to build a wall between you and the workforce. You want to have some leadership. You want to show that you're looking out for them, helping the people out. That's how you're going to guarantee that you're still going to have a job, but it's also going to help you get to a safer workforce safer work site, and everything else that goes along with it. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.